Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott joining you. It's 105 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We are going to head straight off to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline as we hook up with Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. We welcome back to the show brian burke hi brian how you doing good bob how are you good uh we've had a lot of engaging uh interaction with our listeners today we'll get to a couple of those thoughts in a second but i just want to open up you've won a stanley cup you've probably thought in some years you had teams that can go on an extended run do do you think the average fan realizes how hard it is to win no i know they don't and they don't like the math either like keep in mind once Seattle comes in, your market in Edmonton, you're due to see a Stanley Cup once every 32 years. And they, they don't like that math, and the owners don't like that math. But these are the same owners that voted to expand the league by 10 teams. So it's a, it's a really hard to win a cup. And you look at the best teams, you put all your teams together. If this injury to Braden Point is serious, that could that one injury could impact on whether that team can advance or win a cup. Well, I mean, I look at uh, Vegas and Dallas, and, I, I, at the, you know, a year ago at this time, Brian, I had Dallas winning the West. And when we came back from the pause, uh, I had Vegas winning the West after uh, they did their little uh, round robin, right? Like, I was just like, I thought Vegas was the best team. And I was stunned Dallas beat Vegas in five games. Shocked that Dallas closed that baby out in five. Because I thought, I thought Vegas had a lot of things covered and, and made some significant additions martinez on defense and obviously laner and goal you know what i'm saying like the best laid plans but you don't by divine right get a win no and and you watch it like nobody picked dallas in that series anyone who said they did i mean there's a handful of people smarter than i am that picked them but any most people who say they picked dallas are liars i mean the fact is on paper vegas is a better team and they made some really good strategic additions at the deadline and they should have won that series. And they outplayed Dallas for significant stretches of the time. But they got dobied, and they, I think that I think uh, Demko got into their heads, and they just got frustrated and couldn't do it. So Dallas moves on. But, again, it's, you know, you, you mentioned I had a 32-year career working for teams, Vancouver, and five of them with the league. So and one year out of during the lockout. So that means 26 years that I was assistant GM or GM. And, yeah. um I'm not great at math, so 
that uh, if you look at it during that time, I had some really good teams, but I only played in the conference final once against Edmonton. You remember? Yep. In '06, and I won one cup. And I had hundred point teams. I had division champions. It is really hard to advance, and in a hard cap system which forces turnover and allows teams to get good players that you can no longer keep, it's really hard to win. We've discussed this before. Is it even harder for Canadian teams? We haven't had a Canadian champion since 1993. Now, in fairness, the Flames went to the final in 04. We're surprised that year to get there. Edmonton went to 7 and 0. Uh, well, Calgary went to 7 and 04. Edmonton went to 7 and 06. Ottawa uh, against you guys in 07. So Canadian teams have got Vancouver probably blew it in 2011. So there have been Canadian teams making the Stanley Cup final. But is it a greater challenge? to win in Canada, or is that just a cop-out and an excuse? No, it's not a cop-out at all. It's the reason that no team has won since then. And like you say, teams have gotten close, but not consistent runs near the top, and it's because of the tax inequality between the two countries. And it breaks my heart because I would get a, a no-trade list. We do a modified no-trade clause right in, in Calgary, and they get eight teams that they couldn't be traded to. And inevitably, invariably, all seven Canadian teams were on that list. And it broke my heart because I tell my players, that the, the years you will remember most fondly are the years you spent playing in Canada where people loved you and loved your team. But that's, it, it's, there's a real reason for it. And, yes, you've got to be better. I mean, you go to sign a free agent, Bob, just to beat another U.S. team, you've got to go 10% higher. So if they're offering $9 million, you've got to be around $10 million. And if it's a tax-free jurisdiction, maybe even more. So... I remember the year Stamco signed with Tampa. Uh, whatever he's making, $8 million, they said it was the equivalent of making 10 in Toronto. Yep. Yep. Well, I, three of the four teams that are in the conference finals have no state tax. Uh, we'll keep that in mind as well. Did the Vegas Golden Knights outthink themselves? Like, And, and I, I have nothing, Brian, but the utmost respect for what they've accomplished in the first three years, all right? That is a grinding organization, uh, but... Did they screw with the hockey gods a little bit there? You know, they had a coach in Gerard Gallant. The players liked him. I don't think he's technically superior to Peter DeBoer, but he might be a better players coach. They had Marc-Andre Fleury. who was kind of part of their culture and group. He got sort of, uh, you know, lost his starter's role to uh, Robin Leonard, who is, by all reports, a terrific guy. But all that said, you know, can that unsettle teams a bit? Or, you know, you tell me. Well, I think, obviously, when they made that move, um, our conclusion was, so I'm sitting there as a former GM, and I'm looking at it and saying, okay, they have no confidence in Malcolm Subban as a backup. Great kid, but they, they don't trust him if Flower gets hurt. Then they give him the starting job, and you're like, whoa. So now yeah. they, they've got the best goaltending duo. They're set against an injury, whichever which one starts. They're set. If there's an injury, they're they're all set. So smart move, good good move. The letter's on an expiring deal, but then he, he gives them the job and stays with them. And you reach a conclusion with they're going to pay him. And the rumor is that they shook hands on a five year deal or three year deal, or rather at five. That puts you know twelve million dollars at the goaltender position. So only Montreal has that, and they're only going to have it for one year. Right, so it so doesn't they're... work. So one of them is going to go somewhere else. It looks like, and yeah, they they might have messed with the culture. I love how they tried to win. I love this. Is what I love in the NBA when a player takes less money and goes somewhere and tries to win. I love that, and I love what Vegas did this year, loading up for the playoffs and taking a run at it. 
as I joke about all the time on the radio, I checked with the league. They're only awarding one Stanley Cup this year. So all those teams that made moves at the deadline, only one is going to be the beneficiary of it. Dallas might be that team, and they did nothing at the deadline hardly. Yeah, they're a strange team all season long, right? They got off to a terrible start for about 40 games, had the best record in the NHL, and then they weren't very good before we got into the uh, break. Arizona and Florida. Bill Zito, former agent, uh, worked for Columbus for a number of years while respected, goes into Florida. Uh, Arizona now has Bill Armstrong, hard-nosed defenseman, won a Memorial Cup in Oshawa. In fact, he scored the game winner in overtime. Uh, Different guys. Zito's been a contract negotiator. Uh, Armstrong's been a talent evaluator. But they're both going to markets that I predict, Brian, are looking to shave. We know Arizona is for sure. There's no question Arizona is looking to uh, buy their team down a bit. You've been to Florida. I've been to Florida. Uh, I love it when we don't stay at that crappy hotel on Sunrise and we're in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We're in Fort Lauderdale instead. Uh, no one cares. And we have, Brian, we have more daily listeners to this show than they have television viewers for their broadcasts. And it's not close, right? It's not even close. But on that note, could those be two of the most interesting teams to watch here over the next month in terms of potential movement? Just because logic dictates they're going to buy their teams down a bit. Yeah, both guys, good guys, too. Like, uh, So let me tell you a quick story. My first year with the Leafs, uh, I, I just told my assistant, uh, I guess that year was Brad Lynn, who's now running the Marlies. And I said, uh, book me a flight. I'll meet the team in Florida. And I was new. I barely knew the team. And so he booked me a flight, and I go to the Marriott Hotel, and it's on the beach. We're staying at the Marriott in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And so I said, what time's the bus? You know, for 11.30 skate. Well, the bus was at, like, 8.30. (laughs) It took the bus an hour to get to to the rink. Rush hour in Miami or Lauderdale, wherever we were. And so I said to Ronnie Wilson, who was the coach, why are we staying this far from the airport. So the bus back, now we finish skating, we leave at one. The meal's at two, and the bus leaves at four. They had no time for a nap or anything. So we stayed at that crappy little hotel next to the rink. I said, two points are more important to me than than, than anything else. And he said, well, the players really like it here. I said, I guess. But I, I told the players, we go down, if we win, we'll, we'll switch hotels after the game. How's that? But I couldn't believe it anyway. Both good guys. Uh, like you say, Bill Zito has played his college hockey at Yale, uh, got his law degree at the University of Wisconsin, practiced law, and uh, great background with Columbus, won a Calder Cup as the GM of the, the Cleveland team. And and Billy Armstrong, like you say, a hard-nosed defenseman, had a good minor league career, never played in the NHL, but uh, obviously valuable because teams kept signing him. You see yeah. a theme here. A lot of these coaches, Bruce Cassidy, Jared Bednar, these are guys that put in DJ Smith that put in their time in the minors and learned to coach. And he, so he's a coach, head coach for two years, and Billy Armstrong was assistant coach in the American League. Uh, so he played, coached, and then scouted, then assistant GM. So they both checked off lots of boxes, putting their careers together. They're also with all, like they're they're not the priciest guys either. Like some people said, well, maybe Pete Chiarelli's in the mix in Arizona. Now, Peter was doing some silent shopping for St. Louis. Maybe Army hires him full-time now that Armstrong's out of there. But, you know, first-time GMs. But, again, do you think that those teams are teams where you could see some big names moving from them just because you got a new voice in as a GM and you may have 
uh, a financial reality in both markets. Those are not markets where fans come back. Like, fans are going to come back first in Toronto. They're going to come back. Like, the first sport they come back to in Toronto is hockey. First sport they come back to uh, when we get back uh, in Edmonton is the Oilers all day. We know that. That might not be the case in Glendale uh, in Sunrise, Florida, Brian. No, and they've already been plagued by attendance problems. The arena's in a poor place in both cities. The arena's a, a tough drive in Arizona. That's another one. My first year at the least, we stayed at the Ritz in Scottsdale, and it was an hour <laughs> to the, to the range because the players liked the hotel. I actually yeah. met LeBron James, my first trip with the Leafs in Arizona. He was staying at the hotel with a polite young man. Anyway, um, same thing. I said, we're going to stay out by the rink. And the coaches are like, the players don't like this. I said, well, I don't like watching them play here either, the way we play. So we're staying by the rink. So they've got poor arena placement in both cities, and it hurts attendance. I mean, even an avid fan, take an Oilers fan, like as good a fan as you're going to find anywhere in the league. And you say, and I know a lot of people drive in from farms, and an hour drive is nothing. But if you're someone who loves hockey and you say every time you go to the game it's going to take you an hour to drive there after you get out of work, that's tiring. That's annoying. And so these people won't do that in some of those places. They need to build new arenas closer to the, the urban centers where the, that they serve. But uh, my concern about whether they can get to the salary cap or not hinges on the, the stability or the existence of the NHL's revenue-sharing plan, which keeps them afloat now. I don't know where that sits in light of where we are financially. i got to find that out, by the way. Yeah. Well, no, it's gonna. I, I, I'm gonna be really. I think both teams are gonna be shaving big time. Brian, final one for you. We we had a couple texters. Now I, I want to preface this by saying 98% of the people completely disagree with the perspective of the text. But someone said, well, you know, McDavid took too much money, and if he'd taken six instead of twelve and a half, and obviously that's not gonna happen. The Oilers have 21 million dollars tied up in two players. They're two pretty good players. They finished first and second in the NHL scoring this year. They're both driving their own lines. Uh, can you win with those guys and build around them? Um, I wouldn't say no, but I think it's hard. I mean, the, you're, the people that text you, that's a legitimate beef. They've got $40 million tied up in four players here in Toronto. And, so, and that's been unwieldy for them. That's too much money in four players. Is that too much money in two players? Not the way those two play. I think you can build around them. But the key is... If you're going to win, you've got to have a good spectrum of veteran guys and entry-level system contracts that are actually contributing, like a Nick Suzuki. So you're like a, a Yamamoto, entry-level guy that's actually contributing that makes under a million bucks. You've got to have a couple of those every year. So you got to draft well, and they got to use Bakersfield well. But the fact of the matter is it's harder to, to with that much money tied up in two guys, but it can be done. I, I wouldn't jump off a bridge if I were a season ticket holder. Those two yeah. guys are pretty good. They 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 help sell some tickets too. I, I'll just leave it with this, Brian. I got a a guy I know. Uh, he works in Cayman Islands for one of the richest men in the world, uh, and uh, he he comes into Florida and he doesn't stay at that crappy Sunrise Hotel. He's he's like, uh, and this year when the owners the owners have only lost one game in Florida, Brian, in the last twenty years. Yeah. One game in Florida, for whatever reason, the team plays great there. Some years we've stayed in Sunrise, and some, last couple of years we've stayed in Fort Lauderdale. So there's nothing quite like getting a police escort to a hockey game, if you know what I mean. Uh, if you know what I mean, because yeah, some, sometimes you got to do it, right? That just comes to the territory. Yep. All right. Final one. Uh, so you got the Islanders. Uh, they got any chance to extend this, or can like can they win this series playing that way? I mean, they, they had under 30 shots, Brian, in five periods the other night. 
Yeah, they blocked more shots than they took on net. Um, Long term, it doesn't work, but tell that to Dallas or tell it to Vegas. I mean, the fact is, it's a hard way to win hockey games. And they needed double overtime to do it. So it's not a strategy they're going to try to play out of the gate. But no one's no one 20 years from now, when people look back, they're not going to ask how that game ended or how many shots on that. They're going to see an Islanders win in double overtime. That's all they care about. They don't care if it's artistic or not. It's more like two guys painting a barn, and that's fine with them. So, yeah, they got a chance at it. If Braden Point's not playing, they got a good chance. All right. Great stuff. Brian, we love having you on the show. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob. See you. You bet. Cheers. Brian Burke is brought to you by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Brian Burke is today's headliner for Touchback Safety. Touchback still open for training, taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. When we come back on Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, we'll get to our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing you with winning results for over 35 years. And we'll also go into the injury report for James H. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, it's 121 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 123 in Edmonton, the Oilers Now injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. You heard Brian Burke reference Braden Point twice. Uh, he is one of the storylines in the injury report. Here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a game-time decision. And again, I've said off the top of the show, that's sort of all we've been able to ascertain throughout the playoffs just from how John Cooper's handled things from the Lightning's perspective. Uh, he's missed two of the last three games in the series, and I'll say it again, Bobby, look, they look like a different team offensively without him in the lineup. Islanders are good to go, less Tom Kunackle and Casey Sezikis, who I did mention earlier this week, have left the bubble. They're done for the playoffs. As far as the Stars go, Radic Faxis still considered unfit to participate ahead of the Stanley Cup final and coach Rick Bonus uh, did not say one way or the other about that status for game one and out of the Blues camp GM Doug Armstrong said that Vlad Tarasenko's shoulder surgery did go well although they expect a bit of a difficult first month worth of rehab he will be re-evaluated as originally planned in another five months. All right, 124 in Edmonton. Let's go into our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Sonny in Vancouver said, Bob, what's your take on Frank Cervelli saying Athanasiu is on the trade block? Uh, well, Andreas Athanasiu needs to be qualified at $3 million. Uh, that could be problematic for the Oilers. Logic dictates there could be different courses of, of action that could occur. So I'm going to put you sort of in the shoes of... And I'll make a prediction where Athens, let's, let's put it this way. If I'm a manager on another team, I'm looking at Edmonton's cap going, can they afford to qualify this guy at $3 million a year? Maybe I'll just be patient. That, now, if you think you could get Athens to sign for less, which some agents are going to have to come to terms with because of a flat cap, maybe then you consider giving up an asset to get him. When the deal was made, let's not have revisionist history. The feeling was the cap was going to be 85 to 86 million. When the Oilers made the trade for Athanasiu, they thought they were going to get 20 games of regular season action, whatever, in the playoffs to evaluate him. And at 85 or 86 million, he probably gets almost certainly, uh, 
would get qualified in that scenario. But in an $81.5 million cap where you need another goaltender, that is uh, not necessarily going to happen. My prediction is if Athanasio theoretically were not qualified, I could see him ending up in Florida. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, a lot of heads just exploded. One-hour drive uh, for everyone from Fort McMurray et al. to the games. They wish, Brian. Uh, by the way, Bob, Thursdays are your best days. Yeah, obviously it takes a lot. To be honest with you, I've only been to Fort McMurray twice in my life. Uh, the last time I was up there was for the Royal, was it still the Royal Bank, or was it called the Royal Bank, whatever the Junior A Championship was called in 2000. I'm thinking it was 2000. I think it was the year before I went to Flin Flon. Uh, the year in Flin Flon, the Camaros Kodiaks won, and the year in Fort Mac, Fort Mac won. Scotty Upshaw was a part of that team that year, so somebody could look up the year if they can uh, recall. Um uh, Hey, Bob, what about Clefbaum, Russell, and another smaller asset for OEL? Uh, we know the Yotes are desperate, and both those contracts make sense for them. The Russell contract, I believe, would uh, have a lot of interest for Arizona because he's only $1.5 million in real dollars. They would be looking at, not for a smaller asset. They'd be looking for a bigger asset for Oliver ekman Larson. Bob, uh, oil guy in Lloyd here. I drive two and a half hours each way for games, and I've gone twice a week several times and still get to work at 6 a.m. Go Oilers. That's because you're in Alberta. That's what Albertans do. Brendan, uh, in 20 Picciarelli's second year, uh, it might have been 2017, I, we were in Jasper uh, for the Oilers development camp, and they had a game at 6 o'clock, and so... The guy that used to produce the show before you, who's now making big money in tales for sales, Brendan Ulrich, and myself uh, went straight from the show after the show, drove into Jasper, and drove back that night each uh, each way, three and a half hours. And uh, I think we got into, we, roared, we even went to the, uh, the Earls in Jasper and had a seven up. Uh, Peter Shirelli couldn't believe it. He's like, you drove in for the game and drove back? I'm like, that's, that's what Albertans do. Albertans like to drive. And I, I will tell you that I, I had my, my truck. It was never over 100, if you believe that. Uh, Desmond in Sturgeon County says, Bob, chances the owners go after Taylor Hall uh, this off season. I think Edmonton could get in on Taylor Hall, and I think they could get in on Tyson Berry. The problem is they have no cap space. Tim says, Bob, FYI, Braden Point and Jordan Everly are both grads of the Calgary Buffalo AAA system. And both grads of Bishop O'Byrne High School. I thought there was a connection between the two. I didn't know which high school I went to in Calgary. That's great. Uh, again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. Gags says, Gags, that's the handle. I've always wondered since a cap came in, if the NHL was honestly interested in creating a completely level playing field, wouldn't it make sense to take each specific jurisdictions tax rate into consideration and factor that into the cap from gags gags you're smart that should be taking place the other thing that occurred is when the 0405 lockout uh took place it was partially to and a cap was put in place it was to protect organizations like edmonton calgary and ottawa well edmonton has pretty much been a revenue uh contributor since 
the start of the 0506 season. I think only in one year did that not occur over the last 14 years. Nobody during the 0405 lockout saw that happening with Edmonton. And uh, the major reason why that's the case. Oilers have awesome fans. All right, uh, we'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, and when we come back, Edmonton sporting icon, George LaRock. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.